0: Hello and welcome to Naked and a Little Bit Afraid with Mel and Kay. Join us as we peel back the layers into a space
1: of vulnerability. Unscripted, unfiltered, 100% us. Fully clothed.
0: Today we are so excited to have Tawny on. Um, She is just a I don't know her, actually, but I was on her Instagram, and I'm just like, yes, I love all of this. So before you introduce yourself, I just want to say, while I was stalking you, um, something that I found and really just, like, um, resonated with me was this quote that you shared, or this saying, and um, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on it. So it says... Do you actually like working out and eating healthy? That shit is hard and miserable. I love it. You know what's hard and miserable? Hating what you see in the mirror. Always feeling tired, stressed, and lethargic. Taking medications daily. Dealing with serious health issues.
2: 100%. And um, when I saw that too, it resonated with me, which is why I reposted it. Um, so... Uh, I'm Tawny, I'm a mom of two uh, little girls, six and three, I am married to the love of my life, we've been together for 10 years, married for two, Um, and I have recently gone through some big changes in my life health-wise. Now, I have had chronic illness my entire life, and I basically got to a point where I was just so sick of living in this victim mentality of identifying myself like with my chronic, oh, hi, I'm Tawny. I have hypothyroidism Hashimoto's and that's who I am. Yes, it's a part of me, but it's not who I am. And I really needed to make changes. And unfortunately last year I was also diagnosed with a liver disease, which is called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And I can chat about more of this a bit, but it's, um, predicted that uh, approximately 80% of North Americans might have this or will have this. Um, So I got to a point where that was life changing for me. And I was so sick of being so sick and so unwell, no matter what I did, no matter what I thought was healthy or active. I always fell back into that victim mentality of, oh, I can't do that. I can't work out. I'm going to be too tired. And then I can't do things for my children or, oh yeah, I walk a lot and I do a lot for my kids. I, I move a lot, but really I wasn't. I was spending a lot of time on the couch or making excuses all the time. And um, I just, I couldn't do that anymore. And unfortunately what took me changing things was being diagnosed with a lipid disease. And I don't want that to happen to anybody. It shouldn't take having to be diagnosed with something to make changes, but you know, unfortunately, sometimes in life, that's what it does take. So um, yeah, so I, last year, I knew I needed to make changes. I knew I couldn't do it on my own. I hired a personal health coach starting last January. And because I'd kind of fallen into a trap of um, really bad disordered eating after getting diagnosed, because my doctor said, Oh, well, this is what you have. And I'm like, well, what, what's it from? What do I do? And she's like, just eat better and move more. Like, but I thought I ate healthy, I thought I moved a lot. That's nothing. It's like, oh, but you also can like develop cirrhosis of the liver and all of these crazy huge things But they couldn't tell me why or what to do. So I took it into my own hands, but I got really scared of food. And I knew at that point I needed to stop, I needed help. And so I hired this health coach, she's so amazing. Like she has changed so many women's lives that I personally know, and um, mine included. I have lost around 30 pounds since being with her and it's not about weight because for me, the number on the scale doesn't matter. It's about health and I needed to lose that weight so I can reverse, um, this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And now it, you know, it took a while to get into it, but I, I went into it full bore with a workout plan and an eating plan. And I understood what I needed to eat and how my, what our bodies need for everybody. And, um, when I finished the third, I've carried on and I'm continuing carrying on I know what my body needs Um, I know how I need to move my body and um I'm just really sad that I put this off for so long and I know that's the same for so so many people oh I'm fine I've always eaten this way I've always always done this but it I think in this world especially when we're navigating so many things especially like food at the grocery store um it's so hard to know what's healthy, what's not, how it affects our bodies. And then you end up with a liver disease like me. So that's just a quick synopsis of uh, why I love that quote. And now I continue on uh, going to the gym and staying active and working out and eating whole foods, what I need. And it's, it's a lifestyle now. It's not just something I'm choosing to do. It's just, this is my life now.
1: Um, I really love because I think it's a really hard space to be in to talk about movement and food and all of this because there's so much negativity put on it. Um, but it is such, like you said, like the whole part of the mo- is we move for life and vitality, but that also is the fuel we put in. Yeah, food, it's food. Like if you're hungry and you eat something, it's going to fill you up. But there are certain foods, like I explained to the kids, certain foods have superpowers you want fighting with you. And then other foods have superpowers that are really useless when it comes to the fight of life. So you have to know how to fuel your body properly so you can thrive, not just survive. Um, yeah, it's a tricky, but I like how you put it, like moving like you lost 30 pounds, but you needed to lose that 30 pounds for health. Like it's not about the number on the scale, but sometimes that number on the scale is telling us, Hey, this is a result. This is how, hel- this is pushing something negative within your body. And for you, it was fatty liver disease.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And as for, from, um, I also grew up, I mean, I with my thyroid disease. I grew up with like a crap metabolism and, or so I thought, or whatever it is. And as active as I was, no matter how many sports I played and whatever else I did, mm-hmm. I, I dealt with um, weight issues my whole life. But then there's also health issues. And all of that turned into disordered eating. And I really didn't know what I needed to eat and how to feel my body. And so um, when I when I was diagnosed and I had to do all this, I was so scared that I was going to spiral back into some disordered eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, and then like numbers on the scale and everything, but it's not just about it. Like you said, It the scale number does have something to do, with indicated health. BMI for me has nothing to do with it. It was invented by a man in the 1800s to look at the average um, male at that time. And so, for those of you out there who have never researched what BMI is or where it came from crazy revelation like I even told my doctor that like well I don't believe in that so give me something else to work with and um but the other thing I noticed like not even just losing the 30 pounds is the energy my mental health my emotional health my endurance like even when I took one of your classes now the first time I took it was last fall prior to this health diagnosis and everything I felt like I could not dance I felt like I was just out of breath could not keep up and then I took it again in the spring and I'm like my endurance is so crazy and so those were those were huge pluses too and that's like a huge plus for anybody on any health journey and just I think anybody in life you make these changes it's amazing how much energy and your mental health gets better and everything too so
0: um, I just have a question. So when you moved into this lifestyle change, did it feel like a punishment for you? Um,
2: I don't At the think very so. beginning. I don't think so because I have also done a lot of work on my mindset and I started focusing on how lucky I am to have this opportunity, that I have a chance to possibly reverse this disease, how lucky I am to be able to be, I have the finances to even afford a health coach to push me and get me going. because not everybody has that. And I totally get that. Um, and I really focused on the end goal. And yes, sometimes it was really, really hard, but I, I knew, and maybe if I didn't do it, maybe if I wasn't diagnosed, it probably would have felt more like a punishment. Um, and like, oh, why don't I get to eat this? But I just also was so sick of feeling so terrible all the time. So there, I'm sure there was points in time where I, I hated it, and I did, and um, my health coach walked me off many, many ledges of me being like, this is it, I can't handle this and my kids and all of this stuff, but really all of everything I was doing, eating well and moving my body was actually helping me with everything else, so, but it did take a lot of mindset work to get over that feeling like punishment thing.
0: And I love that you went to a health coach because number one, you had that accountability. And number two, you didn't go off into the black, dark hole of researching yourself for yourself and then getting overwhelmed and not even starting. I think that like that happens with so many people, me included, is just like I wasn't raised with knowledge around food or even like a healthy um, anything growing up and so I'm like of course my body craves this food and it's and that's how it's produced is so that you want more and more and more but then I'm like okay lifestyle change starts today like what's what do I need and want and then I go on the internet and I'm like turns out I don't want any of this So <laughs> then I get overwhelmed and quit whereas I love that you had someone to do the work for you But then you also were trusting your own body and seeing benefits for yourself as well, while still being accountable. So that's that's really cool.
2: Yeah. And you're completely right. And it is so overwhelming, like even the experts who talk about non-alcoholic fatty liver disease are like, don't eat this and don't eat that. Don't eat this and don't eat that. Um, When really, I I think they should just be like, well, focus on whole foods or teach people what the foods do in our body. People don't even know what, where their organs are in their body, let alone what food is doing (laughs) for their body or their organs or fighting against it. Um, And yeah, I, I spiraled like growing up in the nineties. And even now it's probably even worse with how much exposure people have with social media and everything, the diet culture and being like, Oh, uh, you know, special case cereal is a health food, but don't eat eggs and red meat because You'll get heart disease and die. Like it's so crazy. And I know everyone's outlook on food is different, and it depends on like where you are financially and everything. But I actually realized actually how simple it is to eat this way, and I'm actually saving money <laughs> and time by cooking the way I eat. Um, and macros, macronutrients. So um, fat, like good fats, avocado, uh, nuts, protein, really good protein sources. And carbs, a good carb source, um, fruits and like sweet potatoes and stuff like that are your macronutrients. And if you're making a meal, you need one protein, one carb, and one fat, or like a variety and lots of like veggies and stuff. But I wish that these experts, whoever they are online or whatever, would just teach people that. But the reason they don't is because the diet industry and the food industry and the sugar industry and all of those things it's way up here and anybody teaching you the facts about what actually your body needs and what movement needs down here. (laughs) So it's, it is hard to navigate for sure. And that's, that's why people get stuck. And same with me. I had every excuse. I can't work out. I'm not going to have any energy for my children. It's complete opposite. I have so much more energy for my children or uh, I don't want to do that. Or I move enough already or I, I eat healthy. Well, I was eating only like 900 calories a day. And consuming way too many processed carbs but i thought that was healthy because i was choosing multigrain crackers and turkey (laughs) so it's it is it is really really hard and that's why i love using my platform on instagram because i like to tell people my experience and show people that they can do it too and you don't even need to pay a health coach just follow my instagram and i'll show you what i'm cooking every week
1: (laughs) um i think too what's so important um And then I real really feel—I mean, among a lot of things—but that the healthcare industry is lacking is when you're in a space of disease burden that is overwhelming in and of itself. You have just been diagnosed with a disease or multiple diseases, chronic illnesses, what have you. That burden alone is a lot for one to wrap their head around mentally, physically, emotionally, and there's no help for them to point them in the direction of this, that, or this, or it is, but you have to wait six months and it's not going to be the whole picture. It's going to be part of the picture and it probably won't be bio-individual, but you know, so for you to be diagnosed with this, that's overwhelming, but you had, you went and you sought out help outside of the healthcare industry because you knew you couldn't do it alone. And there's no shame in that. None of us can do it alone. And it is a scary space when you are in that realm of disease and illness to think about moving your body, to think about eating this way. There's no space for it for you. So you're like, screw it. I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing and hope for the best. And that's yeah. it. it's a sad place to be. And I've been there. You're there like, it's overwhelming or you get bombarded with information. So you go on and you start eating air because that's all you're supposed to eat. So you eat air and then you start losing weight. Because like, well, all I'm eating is air and lettuce. Cause that's all I can have.
2: Yeah, you're completely right. And it's just, you know, I have a million stories about issues I've had in the healthcare industry, including I got my gallbladder taken out what two years ago now because they said my gallbladder was an issue. Well, when I was diagnosed with my liver disease, my doctor was like, well, the good news is it hasn't changed from last year. And I was like, what? She's like, well, didn't they tell you when you had your gallbladder out that you also had fat on your liver? And I'm like, no. And then, so I probably wouldn't have had my gallbladder out. And then I looked at a, a ultrasound from eight years ago. It was detected on an ultrasound eight years ago, but that's not what they were looking at. I figured that out from looking at a printout of an ultrasound. And I could have been diagnosed eight years ago and not have gone through, I mean, everything happens as it does in the universe, but it's just really frustrating that on top of everything, our healthcare system continues to fail patients who are diagnosed with chronic diseases. And what caused my liver disease? I I don't know. I assume it's a mix of having a shoddy thyroid and that always being just terrible, a mix of me consuming probably too many processed carbs, even though I thought they were healthy, like a multi-grain cracker. No, it has glucose fructose in it. And um, high fructose corn syrup is one of the leading causes of liver disease. And um, maybe my alcohol intake in my early 20s probably did not help <laughs> any at all. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, it's really a shame that things like this, especially with this being on the rise, it's not talked about. People talk about heart disease and whatever else. Nobody talks about this. Um, And then when your doctor diagnoses you, they literally have nothing for you. I even had to tell my doctor that there's a support group for people diagnosed with this. She didn't even know about that. So I'm on a bit of a mission because I'm super, super passionate about it to tell the world about this. It's not to scare anybody, but it's, I don't, I said this on my Instagram the other day. I'm like, I don't sugarcoat anything, which is funny because sugar, like fructose is one of the leading causes of it but I don't, I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm going to speak my truth and my experience and the research I find. And I get research from all different places and, um, hopefully to help somebody, uh, whether they have it or to prevent them getting diagnosed from it. Cause I do not wish this upon anybody to be diagnosed with something at all, whatever it is.
0: So let's, let's dive into that. Okay. So number one, um, if you want, if, I would love if you talked about like signs and symptoms and of this liver disease. And please tell me, would you say 80% or something like that? What'd you say?
2: Yeah. So a lot of, almost everywhere I've read on this, um, 80% of I think North Americans um, are going to. Eight zero. And it's because I, okay. I went to the grocery store the other day and I was looking for a better cracker alternative to take to the beach with, my girls, we can have meat and cheese and crackers on the beach. And I picked up a multi-grain cracker and it had glucose fructose in it. Glucose fructose is also known as high fructose corn syrup. So if it said high fructose corn syrup, I don't think anybody would buy it. And yeah. And so, and then I went to go get meat. What did the meat have in it? Glucose fructose or fructose, however people say it. And everywhere I went, I just started looking. It wasn't something I really paid attention to. I mean, I looked for limited ingredients on stuff, and, but I was just focused on that word. And it's, yeah, if you look on Health Canada and search glucose fructose, they're like, oh, also known as high fructose corn syrup, which I think most people know is a no bueno to be consuming all the time. But somebody who thinks they're not eating sugar, but they're like, oh, I had, uh, it's in mayonnaise. It's in relish and there's food coloring in relish too, which is something else I found the other day, <laughs> like generic like Heinz relish. Um, so yeah, th- this is why, and uh, pop consumption, liquor consumption, um, basically anything. Most people, I'd say, well not most people, there's a large, 80% of North Americans consume an extreme amount of high fructose corn syrup in their diet, even if they think they're just having crackers and meat and then a sandwich. That bread's probably gonna have it, that mayonnaise has it. Um, and nobody knows about this and it's it's an epidemic. like it actually is. and I've heard multiple experts on the disease talk about that. So um, that's why that number's so high. But the signs and symptoms you asked for for me, um, I had a lot of gut issues. and like I said, I thought I was eating quite healthy and I, I was for the most part, but definitely overconsuming processed um, carbs that had little to no nutritional value. And, um, I was like, okay, I don't know what it is, but I just constantly had, I was fatigued, lots of weight gain. And, um, but it was mostly the gut issues. And I just felt for like months and months and months, the gut issues weren't going away. And I was on the toilet five times a day. (laughs) I saw something is wrong, but I'm not going to go in three months, because I know the doctor is going to be like, oh, here, go on a liquid diet, like been there, done that. And um, then I finally went in and this new doctor I had very, very thorough, did a full exam, touched on my liver. And I was like, ow, I didn't realize it was my liver. She was touching. And she's like, oh, I'm really concerned about your liver. And uh, previous to that, I hadn't really drank much for the year before I just kind of alcohol wasn't really serving me anymore. I never had a problem with it just wasn't something I needed in my life anymore. And so I'm like, that's so strange. Why would my liver hurt? Like I barely consume liquor anymore. Thinking in our brains, as most people do probably associate um, drugs and alcohol with your liver, not food. And um, I was like, okay. So she sent me in for an ultrasound and blood work. And sure enough, I do have it. Now it comes in different stages. And luckily mine's at the stage where it is able to be reversed. Um, and yeah, and then I just, I didn't have to advocate a lot for myself, which normally I do. And I'm super comfortable with advocating to get answers from doctors because I find nowadays if you don't advocate, you're, you're really not going to get anywhere most of the time, unless it gets to a point where it's an obvious symptom. So I was diagnosed with that. And again, she, her only advice was eat better and move more. <laughs> And at this point, too, I was also avoiding seed oils. Um, I was trying to eat like as much protein as I could. Um, Again, just based off of Instagram people talking about it or whatever other research I did. Knowledgeable people. I'm, I'm pretty good with screening the research that I look at. But it really was only gut issues. And I know so many people with like IBS and all of these other things. And I think a lot of it isn't just IBS or just celiac disease. I believe it has to do with what's in our food, whether it's the grains being sprayed with glyphosate, which is a whole other rabbit hole. Feel free to go down. Um, Or again, the sugar in our food that is hidden. And I don't even want to know what else is hidden in food because I think they only really need to disclose when it gets to a certain percentage. So um, yeah, that's all it took was just gut Gut issues. And I know most people just live with a bad gut 24 7 their whole life and nobody does anything about it. But I was sick of feeling sick and tired. So I went in and thank, thankfully my doctor was thorough.
1: Hey, Lynn, how are you doing? <laughs> um, so this happened. You got the diagnosis and, um, how long was it? Did like, I can't remember how long it was between diagnosis and then reaching out for someone to help you along this journey. So like, were you, did you go down that rabbit hole for a long time? I cannot remember.
2: So I was diagnosed, I think the end of November, beginning of December, um and uh it was very scary because the first you know especially as a mom sorry i'm getting emotional as a mom you don't want to be sick like i just feel like if i'm not here for my kids what's going to happen and i didn't know anything about this disease and there's there's not a whole whack of information online but i just didn't know i didn't know if that meant this was it. (laughs) I didn't know if it meant I needed a transplant or what. So um, and with her telling me just eat better and move more, I felt really lost. And so I went home and just started doing my own research and I did go down a rabbit hole. I listened to all these, I just was like walking on my treadmill, (laughs) just listening to all these podcasts, reading books, reading through things, trying to like, my brain was just like processing so much information. And I I did learn a lot. A lot of what I learned is true and helpful, but I just I knew that if I didn't reach out to somebody or something for help, I would have spiraled. I would have gone into severe disordered eating, which I do not want to do. I've spent years trying to recover from that, and um, I just was like, I can't eat carbs. I can't eat anything. I can't have any bread or any potatoes. Like nothing, no carbs. And if for those listening who don't know, carbs are energy. You need carbs in your diet <laughs> for energy and or replace it with protein. And I just, I spiraled and I just, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I knew I needed help because I have I felt like I've already been here before where I tried to do things on my own and I, I had tried to um, lose weight or gain strength or whatever it was to get healthier before. And I, I felt like I couldn't do it on my own before. So I knew I needed help, but I knew if I had I'd gone to a dietitian before, like two years ago, and she basically was like, Everything you're doing is great. And I told her my goal was to lose weight for health. And she's like, Well, what if you can't? I'm like, well then I can't and that's fine. But as long as I know I'm healthy and my blood works fine and my organs are fine and I'm I'm healthy, that that's totally fine. But she wasn't helpful. So I had no I had no faith in a dietitian, even though that was just one. Um and then I knew if I got a gym membership on my own, what would I do? Lots of cardio or weightlifting or both. Like, what do I do? And I knew if I had hired a nutritionist and got a gym membership and hired a personal trainer and all of this stuff that um, I nobody would be on the same page. And I'm sure it would take me a lot longer. But my goal was to lose weight, lose fat on my liver because I I, that's what I need to do to heal myself. And thankfully, (laughs) somebody um, in town, my neighbor recommended. A personal trainer who actually is my neighbor, my health coach. <laughs> and uh I saw that her post, she focused on metabolism and women's hormones and really had um that invested in it, which is so super, super important. Not just, oh, this is how equipment works and do lots of cardio and eat chicken and rice every day. Um so I reached out to her. And so that's why I did it because I just I knew I couldn't do it on my own and I knew if I had Gone to 10 different specialists or experts or whatever, nobody would be on the same page and I would feel overwhelmed and lost. So, yeah. So far, oh, and so I did that in January. So from November to January, I had done some stuff on my own. I researched like intermittent fasting. Apparently, that's a good thing for this disease. But again, I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian or any of that. So, uh, thankful that I I was able to come to that conclusion and reach
0: out. Mm. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Mel. Are you going no, up? you
2: go No, I was clear.
0: Yeah. No, those are, that's, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that, you know, what I'm hearing from your story and how I'm interpreting it is like knowledge is power. Like, you didn't go on a diet, you learned about what was in your food. And what we were actually eating, and I think that that is those are facts you can't argue with. So if you tell me like you can't have multigrain crackers anymore, I'm gonna eat all the crackers I friggin want. But if you're like, hey, so this is what these ingredients mean, and this is what disease they're linked to, I'm like, oof. Well, I don't, I don't want that disease in my body. But we don't hear that. And when we're sitting down watching TV, we don't see commercials of people crunching on delicious carrots like it's oh, it's just it really I love how passionate and fired up you are about this because it is it is an epidemic like our food and what is in it is out of control and it seems like a really hard battle to fight. But when you just bring it back to Whole Foods, it really isn't but we're all so hardwired for convenience.
2: There's also speaking of how we got onto this from somebody's post of saying what's, what's harder, like eating better and working out or being sick all the time. There's also a post. Um, oh, I've lost it now in my brain. Uh Oh, darn it. <laughs> something, <laughs> of, something about, Oh, um, the majority of society eats so terribly that it's, it's weird when somebody makes a health choice. Like to, to me, I'm a very logical brain person. Like I think very logical. It has to make sense to me. Like everything has to, I don't just listen and do every, I, I ask a lot of questions. I have to know the ins and outs of things. And um, it, to me, this just makes sense. Just go back to our roots, like grocery stores like this, what we have now didn't exist a hundred years ago and neither did all these chronic illnesses. And uh, like for me, I just want the best for everybody in this entire world. I don't want people to suffer. And so many people are just, oh, well, I've always eaten this my whole life. And then they have all these chronic illness and chronic pain and inflammation, arthritis, and like the spectrum of um, chronic disease and autoimmune disease are huge. And from my knowledge and experience, I'd say the majority of that is caused by what we're putting into our in and onto our bodies and our environments and all of those things. But food, we have to have food. You don't need to have lotion on your body, but you have to have food. And so to navigate that is crazy. So my role is like do the perimeter, the meat, the veg, the fruit, the bakery. But even that, you really need to know what is in this food and what it does to your body. Like I said, most people don't even know where their organs are let alone what this delicious food is doing to you. So yeah, like like you said, it is once you know what the ingredients are and what they do to your or can do to your body, it it makes more sense.
1: When it gives you that, it, oh, it gives you the power to make the informed choice. Like, hey, I'm going to have a weekend of fun. I know what's in this food, uh, whatever. I, I don't eat it very often. It's fine. Like dosage is so huge too. So it's like, ugh, I'm going to have crackers. I know what's in it. It's an informed choice. Mm-hmm. You are aware of what's happening and it's not to fear monger, like you said in your post. This none of this is fear mongering. It is just the more you know, literally, the more you know. It is mm-hmm. that's where your power lies.
2: Yeah. You said and it. it
1: is, and it makes things easier because you can rationalize, like I'm logical like you. You know, you can rationalize like Kaylin said if you tell me not to eat crackers, whoop de doo yeah, like exactly. why? And we grew up in an era where you had, and if you're on this and it's working, but like Weight Watchers, where there was no education piece of what's in your food, it was just color-coded and all of this. And that led to a lot of people under eating. Like a lot of people, I believe, and this, this is just a belief of mine, but under eat. Because they actually don't know you need to fuel your body to continue going.
2: Yep. And you can destroy your metabolism, which is the key for, you know, staying healthy and energy and weight management uh, and uh, preventing diseases such as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And you can fully destroy it. And it's just, like you said, the informed choice. And unless people reach out and look for this information, no one's going to know it. So I shout it from the rooftops as often as I can. Anytime I find something new and post it on my Instagram stories because uh, people need to know. And I'm not like when I search like on uh, Instagram like NAFLD, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, there's not a whole lot. And there, there's some extremism posts and some whatever as there is with anything, but there's there's not a lot. It's not easy to find this information. So, but like both of you said you you know the ingredients and in what you're eating and you know what it does to your body it's a lot easier to navigate and make informed choices
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. and it makes me it makes me sad um and I, I understand food addiction and all of this stuff but that's the thing is they're putting things in food that are causing people to be addicted to it and these are the things that are causing chronic illnesses and um it, there's countries like there's countries in Europe that ban over 2,000 plus chemicals and ingredients. They don't They don't do that because they just don't want people eating it. They do that because it's making people sick. So sick. and I'm I'm pretty big believer that like even things like food coloring. when I see my children have food coloring, oh my goodness, they turn into little demons. They are not themselves. I don't recognize them. And it's crazy. I gave them a Gatorade with like yellow sunset, yellow. It's not just red 40 red 40 is a whole other thing, but it's also the food coloring, like sunset yellow, my three-year-old, just a demon. (laughs) Be spicy to begin with. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So we avoid that too, but I just, um, it's, I don't know, I guess my mission and my passion to, educate people and they can take it or leave it and believe it or not but I'm just I I don't really say things or talk about things that I don't um feel are like true or helpful and uh, to, to each their own but I'm gonna go based on my whole experience of my whole life and what I ate and what life is like now
0: mm-hmm. so, I think that's one more thing. thing you go just one more thing about uh food coloring. I didn't know that um cheese was dyed until I moved to New Zealand. Like they have no orange cheddar cheese here and I was so confused. And then I did, got on the old Google and yeah, cheese is dyed. It's
2: it's pretty crazy. That's like even so I went crazy in my house, in my fridge, in my pantry the other day after I realized Ooh. Everything at the grocery store, it has sugar in it or glucose, fructose. Not all sugar is bad. We need some sugars. I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist. I can't can't speak of the facts of that, but specifically that high fructose corn syrup. And then I looked at the back of the Heinz relish bottle and there is two types of food coloring, I think like a blue and a green, as well as uh, there's like 30 ingredients in relish. I was like why isn't it supposed to be pickles <laughs> like smashed up pickles but they put food coloring in relish too oh and dried mangoes tried to find some dried mangoes the other day yep <laughs> so if I can say anything read labels it takes me four hours to do grocery shopping because I read all the labels especially if I'm buying things I don't normally purchase but uh, read labels and do a quick. Everyone has their phone with them. Do a quick Google search. What does this ingredient mean? And whether or not you know what it does to your body yet, but just look. And if you can't purchase it to put in your pantry to make your own food with, and it's on that ingredient list, probably don't buy that product. I mean, and this didn't this didn't happen in one day. It's taken me years to kind of start eliminating all of these things out of my pantry and my fridge, and it's not easy. But I highly recommend people read labels and understand what is in food.
0: (laughs) So it's funny that you say this. I had my friends over, not the other day, I always say that, but a while back. And I just, I love juice boxes. God, I love a good juice box. And I was like, you guys want some juice boxes? And they're like, God, you're so weird, Kaylin. Anyways, it was, um, I can't, I think it was like a banana apple juice box or something like that and we were just drinking it and then I looked at the ingredients and it was mostly carrot juice and it's and I'm just saying this because like I saw the label and I was like this tastes like banana and apples but then once I read the ingredients list and saw carrot juice I was like holy shit that's actually what it tastes like but my brain told me it tastes like banana and apples because I saw that on the packaging so it's just, I know that that doesn't really go with what you're saying, but I think it's even like when you um, just put down your phone and read the ingredients like we used to, like on the box of cereal, you know, like read the things. <laughs> no,
2: you're right. Because these big food companies, they're not poor. They know exactly what they're putting in and why. And I'd say 90% of the food they're making is marketing. From the labels, to the ingredients, to the taste, to who they're marketing to. And I mean, I just try not to buy anything prepackaged, but I mean, I have two little kids and I'm learning as I go know better and do better kind of situation, but you're right. There's things that you would have no idea what are in unless you actually read the label and then it can play a mind trick on you too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sure they, I'm sure these big companies have psychologists and, you know, marketing experts and they know who they're targeting and, they know how to get people addicted to food and their product. And it's, I don't know. I haven't even done a deep dive on like the food marketing rabbit hole. I mean, think of even when Super Size Me came out. How how many years ago? 15 years ago, if not 20 years ago now. And that was like a huge, like, oh, someone's exposing McDonald's. Well, yeah. <laughs> More people should. Yeah.
1: And I like how you said, like, this has been... With anything, whenever you see someone, like it didn't just happen overnight and they're still on the journey and certain things will work for some people and it won't work for other people. And that is the beautiful thing about being a human is you can take in the facts. You can listen to other people's stories. Some will resonate with you. Some you will completely disagree with, but that is oh. Kay, like Kaylin said last podcast, well, that'll be coming out here is people are allowed to have a say on what you say. Like they can criticize Mm -hmm. you. If you're going to put out into the world what you believe and what works for you, then you're opening up to, yeah, you can have criticism to what I say. And I know you, Tawny, will listen to it in a respectful Mm -hmm. manner. And that is how we learn. And that is how we grow as a society, as humans is having these conversations where I, you know, I might not agree with everything, but let's have a chat. You take what from our conversation, what you want to take, I'll take what I want to take. And then we'll implement that to make our lives better for us.
2: It's truly a lost part of communication. And there's so much of communication that's just lost with humans or at least North Americans, let's say, because I know every other country and culture is different, but people don't want to talk about things. People don't, people want to be offended right away. Nobody wants to listen and critically think whether that's, they were never taught that they just don't want to. And um, I mean, especially with food, people don't want to hear that their favorite, like I had some people message me, and they're like, what brand was that? What's wrong with it? oh, I I don't know, can I never eat it again? I'm like, you can eat it. But I would also suggest maybe not pairing it with meat that also has this ingredient in it. Or just really be aware of, like, I'm not perfect. I don't eat completely clean. I do, I'd say more, I have like an 80-20 rule as I think everybody should. But I'm sure there's times where I'm like, don't say no to everything that I don't feel like it's gonna serve me. And then there's other times that I'm like, Hell yeah, let's go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger and a Diet Coke. Am I going to do that every week or every month? Maybe not. But that's life. I know, what I again, the informed choice. I know what I'm putting in my body. I know what it's going to do to me. Mm-hmm. But that's why I don't eat or put that food into my body every single day. Because um, how I ate before, even though it wasn't excess amounts of pop and takeout and stuff. But I was like in pain. I used to have chronic pain like my whole life. Oh, woe is me. I just must have chronic pain my whole life. No, it was inflammation from all the crap I was putting into my body. And I have little to no chronic pain now. And it's, it's life changing.
0: I love that point. Because I think that, you know, even when you're talking about how you know, so many people just live with gut issues, like our level, like, that's what I love about humans. But it's also kind of works against us too. We're just so easy to adapt. And and so like when something happens to us, like, oh, I've got issues or I'm just in pain all the time. And it's like, well, this is life now. You know, I'm getting old. This is part of it. And it's just like that level of acceptance. And then we forget how good we can actually feel. And then we just don't strive for that anymore. And I think that I just... I love this conversation that you're bringing up because everyone's going to have different ideas and beliefs around food and nutrition and all of the things, especially because like, you know, you're coming, you're coming to this conversation with the lens of like, I had to work through a liver disease and I've never went through that. So like, my sense of urgency looks a lot different than yours. And my perception looks a lot different than yours but what i love about this conversation so much is the freedom like basically what you are saying is read your ingredients learn what's in your food and get back to the freaking basics like does this feel good in my body what is this that i am putting in my body do i want to choose differently and if you want to live the rest of your life drinking coke and living your best life if that's what you think it is that's okay as long as you know what it is you're putting in your body like that is a um like you said mel an informative decision and i think we go along life just being so easily influenced into what we think we should be buying at the grocery store that it's almost automatic like the placement of food the marketing all of the things and it's just like it's automatic we just do it and we move on to the next task and honestly and like, to hear that you spend four hours in the grocery store I'm like fuck that that's not for me but well, maybe I, maybe I do because my kids aren't with me but I, uh, I
2: honestly do spend a lot longer because I am <laughs> the
0: yeah but then in my brain I was instantly like no don't shut this down and I think that I can start at home like I'm just going to, like, you know, take a bag of whatever when I'm taking a shit next and just read it (laughs) and start Googling. And a shampoo
2: bottle just a bag of crackers.
0: Um,
1: And, like, it's such a superpower and such a, a surreal place to be in when you can actually sit and eat something and notice what it does in your body or when you become more in tune, like I had a appointment with my naturopath and like, she's like, you just, I, five years ago, I, yeah, pain, couldn't feel my hands that da, 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 I didn't really know whatever is what it is. Oh, whoop de doo type of thing. But now like, she's like, you can actually sit like with your body and be like, mm, nope, this is what's causing this a hundred percent. Like I can die. And Man, it feels good to be in that space. It really truly does. And it doesn't seem arduous or like work because I've been to the place of feeling the best I've ever felt. It was daunting. Like you said, it's daunting. It's scary. This has taken you how many years? Like, and it's and what you do for yourself is completely different than what I do for myself. That's also like we're all bio individual. So you have to do research that works for you and your being.
2: And that's with anything in life, no matter how we are navigating life, you need to do what's best for you. But then you also need to make sure you're sure as hell confident in that, whatever it is. But I think people forget how amazing our bodies are and that our bodies are going to tell us when something's wrong. And sometimes it's confusing. Maybe we don't have the answer. Please like don't Dr. Google it sure do some research to maybe get some ideas, but our bodies are going to tell us when something is wrong, we're, we're not supposed to be on this earth in chronic pain with chronic illnesses. Yes. Some things do happen because of life. And that has nothing to do with um, our food and environment and all of that stuff. But if you are a, a generally healthy person and something you eat or put into your body or on your body or something you do is not making you feel good, you probably shouldn't have that. And like, I'm, I'm having egg sensitivity now since having my gallbladder out, which is terrible. I love eggs so much. And they're so beneficial for our bodies. But when I eat them, my body does not like it. And I'm pissed that it's because my gallbladder was out, something that shouldn't have happened. But even anything if I'm trying something new or like I, I drank coffee in the morning but I'd always get that coffee gut rot every single morning but why did I drink it because it was convenient because it was a warm cup of coffee in the morning because maybe it would give me enough energy to be with my children for the day but I got gut rot every single time I drank a cup I even tried a cup the other day just because there's an extra cup in the pot instant gut rot I'm like well this is you know, not for me and just anything If you put something that's kind of like the same with alcohol if it makes you feel terrible your body just really your body your brain can't handle it maybe alcohol isn't for you and that's with anything whether it's a food product or something else your body is going to tell you when something is wrong and people need to listen and appreciate that our bodies do do this because nobody wants to be sick and as somebody who felt really really sick and now feels quite amazing on a day-to-day basis, I don't want to go backwards and I don't wish how I felt upon anybody. And if it's something as simple as just limiting what you're eating and paying attention to what you're putting into your body, that's pretty simple. You don't need a prescription for it. You don't need to even go to a doctor for that. You just need to learn and make some changes and they don't have to be drastic, but to know better and do better is the best thing of anything in life.
0: And I think that when you think when you say coffee and, and alcohol, I'm like, whoa, whoa, but that's such a that's such a social thing. You know? Like when you when you wake up and you have coffee together or you like go out and have a few drinks or whatever. And it's so crazy in my brain that I'm like, okay, so you would rather just Like, put other people's opinions and things above your own personal health? What the hell? No. Like, you could easily just drink tea in the morning. You could easily go and have a non-alcoholic something or other. Or water. Or whatever the heck you want. Like, all of my people, they're not going to be like, you can't be friends with us because you don't don't drink, Kaylin. They'd be like, thank God, Tammy Lynn is not coming (laughs) out tonight. None of us can handle that. (laughs) We're getting too old. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But it's it's so funny how like I think when I think about health I'm just like oh I want to be that person that can be um invited to things without making too big of a fuss and I'm like what the hell so you would rather just be like easy than to just actually do what's right for you in your own body like so I'm the type of person
2: know. who used to be a people pleaser and I was never. Mm-hmm. I would eat whatever I love I love food I love spicy food I love ethnic food I love homemade food whatever I, I was always like I'm not a picky eater at all so proud of myself and now I'll go to people's house and I'm like no thanks I'll just have the chicken and the carrots like I'm not going to eat this and I'm not going to eat that or I'll eat before I go and it's not to be rude by <laughs> any means and I totally get it because other people have allergies and preferences but it, it's taken a while and it's still a process to take of like refusing like. And I sometimes I'll, I'll eat whatever, again, making an informed choice. But if like right now, the last couple weeks of summer, I was indulging in whatever food I wanted. I was indulging in alcohol. and I feel like crap. I'm bloated. I'm a little bit tired, a little bit cranky. And it's because I overindulged. <laughs> but I'm that person now who will say no like no thank you i i don't want that cupcake or even my kids now too they are starting to notice like how much better they feel without certain foods and yes i'm an influence on that and i will say no for them but i also teach them i'm like okay well how does that food make you feel if you had two pieces of pizza how would that make you feel compared to what maybe have one piece of pizza and some veg and they're starting it's about intuitive eating too which i think is a really good art form but again like um, knowing what you're eating but again if it makes you feel like crap don't eat it so i'm now i'm the person who will say no to eating things at parties and whatever which is hard the people pleaser in me has a hard time in that but um i mean if anybody has a, a problem with it or just ask questions then if somebody out there is listening to this and they're like oh um well why can't they just eat it well everyone has their different reasons of why they're eating certain things or not eating certain things how about we just put the food out and if someone wants to eat it they eat it if not don't pressure same with drinking you go to a party and someone just keeps handing you drinks oh I'll have another one and you're like okay I'll just drink it because you've handed it to me and then like five drinks later you're like why did I I just drink all of this and it's um it's I think it's like old old school too just like the expectation if you show up at somebody's birthday party or that you're going to eat all the food that they give to you or present to you and all the cake and everything when I think it should be normalized that people can say no same with alcohol like this has been a conversation about alcohol for a long time somebody goes to a party a gathering and they're not drinking and they're like, oh you're not drinking why that's not the best way to approach it you, you can ask oh I'm sorry I, I'm just curious but even then it shouldn't to me honestly it really even shouldn't be a topic of conversation someone's choosing not to eat something or drink or whatever is what it is you can have an like we talked now you can have like an open dialogue a respectful dialogue and just ask but don't oh that's lame you're not drinking or even if you're joking that can really affect somebody so yeah. I think normalize that around food too
0: or like the old uh well you must be pregnant then mm, if oh, you're not sure. drinking <laughs> yes but honestly it's just it it comes back to that like mind your own goddamn business and stop taking everything so personally if i have a dinner party and you are, you aren't eating everything i serve perfect get the fuck out so i can have leftovers <laughs> like if you're not eating my mashed potatoes
1: i'm not offended
0: yeah, i'm like that's well, gonna be my midnight snack
1: <laughs> i think too there's just been a lot of like i mean talking about diet when you say diet Everyone's like, eh. it's like, no, but I'm not talking about restriction. I'm literally talking about intuitively eating to fuel your body so you can get through your day in a thriving mentality or get through your day. If you're having a crap day, you can, you have the mental fortitude to get through it because you're nourishing yourself. I eat more than I have eaten. Like, I eat a lot, people, like a lot. <laughs>
2: That's another great, um, that's another great point, actually, on my journey, I realized I was not fueling my body enough. Mm-hmm. And when she first gave me my meal plan, I was like, I got to eat like eight, six to eight times a day. I'm like, well, you need a cup of Greek yogurt and this and, and I'm like, I can't eat that much. But within like three days, my metabolism was so happy. and It was like more food and because it was all my body was like, oh, my God, you've been de- depriving us. And you, people actually need to eat way more and like way more protein intake and everything, but specifically like protein and stuff. I'm sure I think the majority of the population lacks in their protein intake. But yes, like you said, you need to eat way more to feel our bodies, especially when you are moving more, your body needs that. And it's about understanding what you're putting in your body and what your body needs and why your body does need those, those good fats and those carbs and those, uh, that protein
1: too. And like, and when you learn about it too, you're like, okay, I know I'm not going to be able to eat for a while. I'm doing such and such. What am I going to eat that can sustain me? You know, like I'm, what can sustain me? And again, it's a superpower. I don't know. And I'm sure Ryan also hates traveling with me because I need to eat all the time.
2: I'm the same. We were planning a trip and I'm like, well, we need an Airbnb because uh, I need to cook. I need steak. I need to be able to have like my smoothies and this and that and um, and like you said with diet so a big thing about this whole thing too is being a mom of two girls and not wanting them to grow up in this diet culture mentality and especially with like you know watching YouTube and all it's so hard to navigate these days so anybody out there listening who, who might feel bad or triggered by it give yourself grace okay it's It's so hard to navigate. I even struggle on a daily basis and I'm six months deep. There are eight months into this now. And um, so talking about diet, like my girl, oh, are you on a diet? Because they hear things in shows. I'm like, no, but what's a, what's a T-Rex's diet if they're a carnivore? What that, what their diet consists of? And like, Oh, me. Oh, what would a herbivore dinosaur's diet consist of? Or what does the dog's diet consist of? So changing that word, because again, like you said, and um, I said on my Instagram the other day, like, I'm sorry if anybody feels like offended or triggered by the content I'm putting out, because I, I acknowledge that no one has ever said that to me. But I just had thought, because I do talk about food and all, like, not restricting, but knowing what you're putting into your body. And um, a lot of people messaged me saying, like, actually, thank you. But we like love your content about this. you taught me things about this, but yes, the word diet can be a tricky word, but I think it's important to know what the word actually
1: means. (laughs) And I, it is, I think when you have children too, and you're navigating and especially like I have two girls as well, and, um, you're unlearning things from your childhood while you're learning, plus trying to navigate raising children in this new, um, revelation, I guess that yes. we're in. Oh, I also
2: think it's important to say, I know boys are also affected yes. by body image and all of that stuff. I yeah. know, you know, that too, but I just thought that I would
1: No, a hundred percent. I think I'm sure. Cause I can only speak from my perspective in regards to disordered eating and dysmorphia. Um, yeah. and, but like we talk about food as superpowers, like what superpower, every food, like I'm like, food is food. And every food has a power, but there's certain foods that you don't want their power when it comes time to battle, whatever. Like when you battle in life, you want those superpower foods that are going to come and help you annihilate it.
2: Yeah. My girls have had lots of questions. Why are you eating that? Or, oh, mom, are you going to have lots of protein today? And like, I'm educating them on the scientific facts of food and what it does to our body, not don't eat this and don't eat that it's, oh, well, if you eat this, like, um, my oldest had, uh, I think it was a the day they had food coloring or sugar or something. And they like they literally turned into different humans. And she was so upset after her, when she was crashing, she's like, I feel so terrible. Why did I say that? Why did I, it was almost like listening to a drunk person be like, well, I'm so sorry. I'm so drunk. But she's like, why do I feel this way? I can't control my body. And I'm like, that's the excess of the sugar and the food coloring my dear we can have it as treats but do you like how it makes you feel and like you don't you felt sad the last time that you had it and it was it was literally like talking to somebody who was coming down from being drunk it was like so emotional and yes I think it's that's a huge portion too and that's been something I've had to navigate of like okay I can't I don't want to create this
1: diet culture thing for my children
2: but I do want to educate them and I think Um,
1: Yeah. And I love, so our friend Alicia, um, I love, she's an intuitive eating coach and I love like her when she talked, like her child, like comes home, chooses gummies. She's like, okay, but we're not having anything until dinner. So is there something you could even pair with that to like hold you over? So there's the power of choice. There's the knowledge and like education all in one. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, you're not you're not black labeling something, but you're like, well, that's not really gonna do much for you. And like you said, you might have the crash. So can we what should we pair with that? What does your body feel like
0: eating with that
1: that can hold you over?
0: Mm-hmm. And there's no protein in gummies. So <laughs> what what's a nice protein source? Um, I just wanna say I just the vineyards are calling my name. I gotta go to work. Um, but I, in, for me, piecing out of this conversation, I just want to say, it excites me to no end that people are having com educated conversations with their children. And I hope that if you are a parent out there, like Mel said, like you're unlearning, learning, and trying to teach all at the same time. If you find yourself in that boat, oh, I just hope that you give yourself so much grace and love because, like, this is how we change the world. Like, just think about how many disordered eating things that you are putting an end to, diet culture, all of the shit, like, just by having, um, it's not even an opinion, it's it's education, just by doing a little bit of research and having the conversation around it like we're putting an end to these things and i'm just so thrilled that we're we're having this conversation because there's a lot of unlearning that i need to do too like X, what are you saying Mel? oh nothing oh i thought you were like eager to jump in oh well, i was just like, okay, listening it up. to you.
1: enjoy i was like yeah keep going girl keep going
0: keep going <laughs> No, and and I think that that like even the language around food, I just it's such a it's such a tricky thing. So thank you so much for coming on. You guys can keep chatting. I'm gonna go uh, make sure that I don't know some grapes are growing or something.
2: All the good wine is being made. That's the best. Wine. Yeah, <laughs> the
0: wine is the best. So that we so that we can intuitively choose <laughs>
2: which it's when we're drinking wine and when we're not. <laughs> thanks so much kaylin you are just yeah. so wonderful thanks for giving me this opportunity to chat with you and when you when it you make a... it back over over here we'll get together for sure
0: Delio, it was so nice meeting you yeah, all right too. thank you mel see you guys have fun um,
1: so yeah i think
2: it's i think our generation and our children's generation are going to change the world i mean at least that's my hope at mm-hmm. least that's what I'm trying or what i just have been doing, not even trying to do with my children, but just yeah. a, literally not sugarcoat things. I mean, come down to their level and explain mm-hmm. it to them. Like I said, the dinosaur scenario, yeah. what's that? But when they have questions, I'm not, I, so I'm like the movie liar, liar. I can't lie. And I have a really hard time with that with my kids. I just tell them the truth. Mm hmm. Even if it's something as like big as like politics, I will tell them the truth. They have questions. I'm giving them the truth. I'm giving them the answers. And that's the same with food and lifestyle because it's not just about food. It's also about knowing how to move your body and like what you do with your job in the movement mm-hmm. is so important. Like that's to create opportunities for people to go move how they need to, whether they don't feel comfortable at a gym or that's just not their thing because we're all we have all our own ways of learning and moving and doing things or dancing and or however it is walking playing a sport doing yoga and creating more opportunities for people to have that opportunity to move and connect
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: all connected how how we feel and what we do and our community and all of that stuff so it's well
1: And that's like a huge, like I'm a very big person in our being, our body, our mind, and our soul. And they are not separate entities. Like For us to be a well-being, I believe to the deepest core of my being that they all need to be taken care of. Every single facet of your being needs to be moved daily with intention and purpose. And that's going to look different for everyone, right? And all... We need is just informed choice. But unfortunately, we are also, I do, I have such a hope for our children's generation that they are going to be the wave makers. We are starting, we are breaking cycles. I know that is a popular term, but truly we are. And uh, I have just this hope. And I will keep going and I will keep pushing. The problem, if I'm going to, is we live in a time also where there is great polarization and I feel like the art form of talk is leaving, which scares me because we're doing all of this work for this future generation, but if they can't have a conversation, the work that we are putting in will come to a stop.
2: Yeah.
1: It, it will stay with them. But it won't go to the greater population. And we will continue down this dark path, which is terrifying. And so I'm hoping, like, and I know Kaylin, I'm speaking for her now. Um, but with this platform, we can show you might be listening to Tawny, myself, Kaylin, and be like, you are so wrong. I do not agree with you. And I say, awesome. Let's have a talk. Can we talk? Because maybe I will learn something. Like that's the thing is we've closed the door to no, we're right. That's it. Well, no, you might learn something. They might learn something from you that you can then implement in your life. And so, Pete, like if my thought is if we are putting in all this work for the next generation to just bring back this world and unity, we gotta, as adults now, bring back the art of conversation. And disagreeing,
2: totally. And you and I have had this conversation quite a few times, yeah. and um, it's it's so hard because people don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to put themselves in a vulnerable position where someone is going to tell them they don't agree. What do they do now? Well, have a respectful conversation about it. And just be, and you can tell somebody, "Well, I don't agree with you, but this is why I feel." But I understand that that's your point of view. I think it was in uh, Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights. And he was in like a village in Africa or something. And they said, uh, they're having a, a disagreement to these two elders or something, just like screaming at it. And he's like, is everything okay? And um, I think his guide or something had said, well, it's not about who's right or wrong. It's do you understand? Mm-hmm. Do you understand where that person's yes. coming from? Do you understand? And I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, it, and it should be that simple. And there's so much to navigate now. And just like, just so much to navigate. Like, this is the craziest time for especially as parents so much to navigate even something as simple as a grocery store very hard to navigate and so if people like again if people feel bad about that or they don't know or don't care like then just inform yourself have a conversation ask questions my dms are always open i always say this on instagram mm-hmm. if there's something i'm doing or saying that is well, even factually incorrect that you think and you then let me know I, i'll take constructive criticism just don't be an asshole mm-hmm. don't come- like fires blazing at me but have respectful dialogue no matter what topic it is about because the art of conversation is lost everything's through text everything is surface level nobody wants to have deep vulnerable conversations and being vulnerable is actually one of the most empowering tools I have ever learned Mm -hmm. and that's helped me on my journey I, I was vulnerable I asked for help yeah I tell the world I show the world I show my side by sides. I show them my journey, my ups, and I cry on my Instagram stories all the time. Yeah, ups and downs, and I, it, no one has to go on Instagram and do that. That's just how I do it. That's my form of expression. Yeah, and to you know, to chat with other people and show them my my journey. So other people don't have to go through that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: The art of conversation is got, which is why I love your podcast so much.
1: I think you're like our number one fan, Tony. <laughs> I love
2: it. <laughs> I just love it so much because it's real people, real conversations, real life stuff, and that's hard to find these days, especially when everything is really like opinion-based and it shouldn't be. Just have real life conversations about real stuff, and-, and you'll you'll see other sides of people, and you'll see that it's not black and white in this world. It's there's gray, it's and gray. we're all different. Yeah. But we are all the same, that we're all humans on this earth just trying to survive and have the best life possible.
1: Mm -hmm. And I find, too, we now lean to, if I don't agree with you, you're a bad person. Yeah. No, that's not how this works, my friends.
2: (laughs) Imagine if we all agreed on everything. It's like the same as, imagine if we all looked the same. Imagine if we all did the same things. Imagine if we all agreed on everything. How boring life would be.
1: If, Ryan, if I was married to a me, <laughs> good golly. Yeah. No thing. I mean, I love me. me. I could not be like, bless Ryan, bless him. <laughs> but like, it would. There'd be no, we well, wouldn't have, like, could you imagine if everyone was the same and everyone thought the same and you walked into an art exhibit? <laughs> Pretty boring. Or yeah. if you listen to music. Like, this is all
2: the same genre. Yeah.
1: yeah. And like, this is a beautiful thing. Like, I'll say it in class. Like, I am not you and you are not me. And that is the beautiful thing. You will never move the way I move. Even if we were doing the exact same thing, even if we both shut our eyes and put on a song, you would move to it differently than I did because it flows through you differently. And that is like this world in general. The world flows through everyone differently. We have grown up differently. We have different lenses. We have different beings. We have different chemistry. Like, and that's beautiful.
2: It is so beautiful. And I don't think people uh, spend enough time thinking about that, yeah, which is I, fine. I get it. In this day and age, things are go, go, go. Yes. And most people don't take that time to really sink that in. But for anybody out there listening, take a moment to think about your being and those around you and what's unique about you and what's unique about everyone around you and how beautiful that is. It's like a, a wildflower meadow. There's all different. Yeah. Kind of, they're just trying to survive.
1: Like, and oh, I had something I was going to say. See, but I won't, it won't come back to me. That's my problem.
2: <laughs> it was amazing that mine came back to me. <laughs> that was a blessing.
1: No, but it is. And I just, I really hope that we can get back to the art of conversation as well. If we're doing all of this other stuff of unlearning and educating. Let's get back to learning how to talk again. And, and be vulnerable. Yes.
2: It's not bad. It's so cool to be vulnerable,
1: mm-hmm. whether
2: that's telling somebody you love them, that you normally wouldn't say that, giving somebody a hug, even if you're not a hugger. You've helped me with that. You've helped me be more of a hugger.
1: I hug all the time.
2: I know. And I love that. And now I'm a hugger. too.
1: So if you ever see me, I will probably hug you. And I learned something very cool I don't, it was a retreat. Anyways, but we usually go and we hug because we're most of us are right hand dominant. And so we hug like coming in from the right. But you hug coming in from the left and then your hearts are over top of each other. Oh, I love that. And I am very big. Like I feel like I can really gauge how someone is when I do that. I can gauge, hugs are a huge thing for me to gauge, like, what are we in today? What combo are we gonna talk about? Light,
2: deep and energy transfers. That's a whole that's a whole other conversation, but energy transfers, our bodies are full of energy and
1: yeah,
2: taking someone's bad energy and replacing it with good or just living off each other's energies when you hug too is Mm -hmm. human touch, conversations, being vulnerable, all of that stuff is super easy. I mean, well, it's not easy, but once you can do it, it's life-changing and it's it's free. It's free. And in today's world, we need free things that are
1: good. I'm all about free medicine. (laughs) Give me the free medicine. And I think too, when we think medicine, we're like, we think of pantoprazole and Advil, like medicine, medicine, but no, like
2: real medicine.
1: Walk out and you, well, not the air today because it is windy and smoky, but like when you walk out and you breathe in the air, you're walking barefoot on the grass, you're getting that sunshine, free medicine, boom. Yeah, And I, yeah. I'm all for free medicine so if anyone ever wants a hug they can come hug me I love hugs and I don't I embrace hard
2: <laughs> yes you're a great hugger I appreciate it
1: <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> no but um I feel like we will have you on again because I also want to dive into your homeschooling journey that you're about to start and yeah oh
2: it will be uh Interesting. I am 50% more confident, but we haven't started yet. Right. So um if anybody wants to follow along on my Instagram, I'll try and post as much as I can. But I'm just I'm just gonna go with the flow. And uh hope for the best. I know everything will turn out amazing and there will be hard days, but Mm -hmm. imagine if every day was a good day. (laughs) You would get pretty bored of that.
1: Well and that's yeah, and that's the thing I think people forget too. Sometimes like even though you come on Instagram and you are very vulnerable and you cry when you're overwhelmed, like, I really appreciate that about your page and you, Um, that's like 5% of your day. (laughs) Yeah. So I think people also fall trap and we've talked about it before, how you look on Instagram and yeah, it makes it look easy. If I followed my face around every single day, like I'd get nothing done, but you would see me cry. You would see me get upset. Yeah. You would see me not want to go move, but I know what it does for my being. Like, and I also think, oh gosh, this could go on. But habits, 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 because that will feeling when you know how, what it's like to feel good. That's one thing. But the habits, they keep you going when you're like, Ugh.
2: and a lot of that's mindset. So yep. prior to all of this, like I've kind of been on a health journey for many, many, many years trying to figure out. Uh, my thyroid and um, other chronic health issues that I just didn't really know what they were. Now I have more answers, clearly. But uh, mindset was a huge, huge, huge mm-hmm. portion of my wellness. Um, and that didn't happen in one day. This I've been on this journey for over six years, like intentional journey for over six years. Yeah. And that was one thing I knew I needed to accomplish many, many other things. And Mm -hmm. I post a lot about mindset too. And there's just for people on Instagram, just like literally hashtag mindset. And you'll find so many amazing inspirational quotes and tools to do that because you need that mindset to change those habits, to get the wellness that you would like, to understand that, um, you know, it's okay to feel uh, the way you do about certain things, but if you want to change, then change it. Not easy to just change whatever you've done or are doing, but having that mindset and that focus sure makes everything else easy for everything in life, not just wellness, but dealing with hard situations, dealing with day-to-day stuff, work, family, whatever. The mindset part is huge because our brains are crazy and I deal with it. Like I'll be at the gym. I'm like, oh, I don't want to lift this heavy. I'm like, just do it. Why wouldn't you do it? You can do it. I'm listening to my body, like, okay, do I? Need to- no, my brain is just playing games, with mm-hmm. me. and I wish I had a microphone in my brain when I'm doing anything, but specifically working out, because it's like a devil and an angel on either <laughs> side. Like, yeah, oh, you need to, re- no, you don't. Just keep going. Do you want the results or <laughs> not? Yeah. And it's yeah, mindset, and it, like you said, it's a it's a whole thing. It's your mind, it's your body, and your spirit, and. There's lots of free resources and free things, even just like grounding outside and going outside for a walk. You don't have to empty out your fridge and your pantry and get a gym membership and hire a personal trainer and buy all these things and read all these books and do all these things in one week. Start small and figure out, make a list. What do you want to change or where do you want to be? And how do you get there? Because if you're feeling crappy about something or you're not in a good place or you're having a hard time, figure out what that is. -hmm. Easier said than done, but just do one thing at a time. Yeah, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Have conversations. Yeah, making choices like all of these things, and it's it's all connected.
1: Mm -hmm. And crack like cracking open is scary. And even though habits are in place and mindset has been worked on, I don't know about you, but for me, some days my mindset sucks still, and that's just the nature of being human.
2: True. And that's and you have but you have to acknowledge that. I'm like because oh, yeah. we are. again, we're all the same. We're all just trying to survive and doing the best for ourselves. And there's so many ways of doing that and everybody's different.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, and if you ever just want to chat, I know Tanya will chat Taylor <laughs> and I are always open to chat always. Um, but really like yeah, small steps and do it for you. Do it for your life, for vitality. And that, I mean, that's what I say all the time, for vitality, for life, for you, for no one else, for no numbers, for no, that's all offset. That just comes and what will be, will be. And also remember you're different than me. I'm different than Tawny. We're going to look different. We could do the exact same thing and we would look different. But do it for that vitality. Do it so at 65, you can go on that bike tour. Or you can, at 70, still go upstairs with your grandkids if that's what your future is. I'm holds. going until I'm 104. That is my goal. 104, I like it. I'm okay. going until
2: I'm 104.
1: Any particular reason?
2: Uh, I think I met a man when I worked in healthcare who was 104 years okay. old. Okay. I thought that was the coolest. The stories he had were so cool. And I'm like, I'm going to do 104.
1: 104. Okay, I like it. I could that.
2: say, oh, 98. No, 104.
1: Boom. <laughs> Okay. Well, how old are you?
2: I am thirty-five.
1: Okay, great. So I only have to go to one hundred and five to see you make it to one hundred four. Perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> going to one hundred five, baby. I'm your accountability partner, Tony. So if at ninety-five you're telling me you're done, no, yeah. <laughs> let's keep going. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Your I'm mind. Going, yeah, I'm going to okay. I'm one hundred five. Then here we go, Perfect. baby. <laughs> no but thank you so much for coming thank you for sharing your a bit of your life not your life like a tiny piece of you and it's not even you it's something you're going through your journey yeah. um yeah any last words that sounded bad <laughs> but do you have any any last thoughts you want to share
2: um, um well first of all thank you so much for inviting me on that I just when you messaged me and asked me I was just just blown away I feel so honored and so excited and thank you again so much um I don't know I just wish everybody the best and I hope somebody anybody got something out of this um and if anybody has any questions like I'm always available to chat and I love connecting with people so much um and yeah, I just, I, I, I wish everyone would um, hopefully learn something from this and try to avoid the things I've gone through. Because again, I would not wish this upon anybody, but I am beyond thankful that I was able to make some changes and um, hopefully reverse this and live to 104.
1: Well, it's going to be done. I mean, <laughs> okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. And everyone so much else, welcome. welcome. Thanks for stripping with us. Stay weird.